0: Sick?
1: I am not sick. I just
0: you just retired. You've been working
1: hard. Uh, working hard, speaking. Um, I've been doing a lot of meetings. How is how is seven. it
2: for you coming to help us with this? Is it a hassle in your life? Do you feel resentful that you're having to do this so much?
1: First of all, Need it's educational, okay. and I love it. Okay. And y'all are hilarious. This is. Something I look forward to.
2: Okay, I just wanted to check in on that. I love that. I wanted to make sure you didn't overcommit yourself in some way. We're fixing to move into summer. If you needed a break, like nope, all that. I just not at like all.
0: Everyone to know that this is Good. real life. Like the therapist checking on our... we check on people. This is not
1: a Even hassle. On. I look forward to this.
2: Okay. Mm. Well, thanks.
1: I look forward to you getting closer to the microphone too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow, uh, this is raw content. Here you are.
1: Yes. D-
2: oh. I, I just I so I could. You're leaning.
1: I'm 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 leaning in.
2: Wow! Look how close I am. Look at that. Look at that. I'm really close. She
1: hates this microphone.
2: I hate it so much, mm-hmm. but I'm here.
1: Get used to it. All right. Bye.
2: Jesus told me to come do it, so I'm doing it.
1: We're doing it.
2: It's exciting. Hey, what are we talking about? We're talking imposter? about. Are we doing depression? Yes, Why we are. You just like, on the we're. Fly? Because you said we were doing depression. No. And then all of a sudden. Uh, this is happy.
0: makes me happy. Let's okay. do it. If you're happy. I'm happy. Let's We're do happy. It hey, welcome. Diary of a Therapist podcast. Were we already recording before? We were, yeah. Oh, Which is funny because I feel like that could be on there. Like, you checking on Cam. I think that's really oh, very much who we are.
2: I didn't know we were recording, but I'm glad you're good. Sorry.
0: Yeah. We're glad that this is just organic how we check on people. <laughs> We're so excited you tuned in. We're going to talk about imposter syndrome today. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, we are. And we may even interview Cam as our guest because he's just recently graduated and is now practicing therapist.
1: I am. I'm practicing a lot. You'd be so proud. I am proud. Oh, I'm so proud.
2: I didn't realize you graduated.
1: I did. Last week. (laughs) I was... (laughs) Can I t- can I say this? Say it. So I'm in the line. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm like having a I'm having a blast. <clears throat> and people are in the audience and they know me, so people are texting me, "Congratulations!" And I'm texting them back. I'm having such a blast. I'm graduating. Da 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 da. Then I get another text. I like how you're texting while you're in the line to receive your. Your certificate. Who do you think sent that? It was me.
0: Oh, that's what I was going to say. No, literally, he's in the line to go up to get his diploma.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: like, I love that you're in the line texting somebody. D- but, you know, people were probably like, we're sitting on the third no. row. Listen. Come find you me.
1: You got on me. My wife got on me. <laughs> she goes, I was saying the exact same thing. I'm like, get off of your phone. I couldn't help it. I was excited. He didn't come up on the stage with it, but he did. But I think I, like, right last minute would have, like, put it away had you not said, what are you doing?
0: Well, just because people are watching. You're very tall. Oh. Maybe we should put in the show notes the photo. We took a photo.
1: Don't. Yes, it's a good photo. Oh, Oh, no, no, no. Don't text in the line.
0: We took a cute photo. Yeah, don't text in the line.
1: It was a great photo. We did.
2: That's how you're being real and present in your own life. I, we had some good photos. I think that's different for different people. Thank you. So, if you felt real and present and you were really fully enjoying it and not like feeling irritated people were texting you while you're in line, I think that's
1: Well, the head when the head professor
2: and when the boss says <laughs> when I boss I like people.
1: how you're on your I'm like, I just thought it was funny. I'm going to need some some love later. So I better get off this. No,
0: it was good. It was so cool. (laughs) It's always so cool. Like we get to do this podcast, but then like we get to do this with people. Like you supervise, I supervise. Like, it's just awesome. Like you get to like see therapists, like be themselves, Mm. which I think does lead into the imposter syndrome piece that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Cam even asked earlier. He said, what is it? Mm -hmm. I'll tell this story. When probably my first or second semester at school, I remember standing in front of a group of students, and I still feel this every single semester. I'm like, oh, boy, if they only knew I'm a hot mess and that I am not (laughs) equipped for this. But literally, I told them, I was like, you know what, guys? I just rolled my – I wore my roller skates, and I skated right on in here. And they still never let me forget it because I said it. And that's how I felt, though. I was like, is anyone going to find me out? Like, I still feel like that. I'm like, look over my shoulders. Is anybody going to find me out that I really don't know what I'm doing? Anyone? Anyone? Like, you know, you just kind of look <laughs> over. And that's how I define imposter syndrome. <laughs> that's the Cassie definition of imposter syndrome is like where you feel like you got somewhere that you maybe weren't equipped to get and people don't see it. And so you feel inadequate. You mm. you feel inadequate. Let me enunciate. You feel inadequate, but they see you as confident. Mm-hmm. And mm. it's just how you navigate that balance
2: do you think though that when we start any new thing we feel some level of incompetence though how would we know the difference between it being real imposter syndrome and just being you know humble even
0: i think when it stays Hmm. is what makes it imposter like when you can't rise above and say like now i don't think i would say that when i'm watching therapists practice who i've had a hand in And I'm watching them be successful and do things. I'm like, okay. You can't just skate in somewhere and halfway do that. Like you can't help people be their best therapist self and not be equipped for it or called to it. And I think that's the thing spiritually. You're called to something, but the enemy comes and lies. That could be another level of imposter syndrome where you get talked out of it. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a moment like this?
2: Uh, Yeah. When I first started practicing, I – I tell this story a lot to my um, clients because it's funny, I think. So there's some duality in the way that I practice in that I'm looking at the whole system, my body, spirit. Right. And so when I first started practicing, I was aware before I became became a clinician that I had the gift of prophetic. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, I did not go to a Christian university. I you know, graduated, got my license. I started practicing. I was working in a church. I remember going in and um, just a few weeks after I'd started like building up my clientele, I remember sitting in my office and telling God, I said, listen, I am licensed by the state of Texas as a mental health professional. You can't talk to me in this room. <laughs> Wait, you t- that's what I did. Wait, wait! You told the Lord mm-hmm. you cannot talk mm-hmm. to me in this room. I have to only be a clinician, and so um, oh wow, I tried to practice like that for about a year, and I will tell you, I have never wanted to self harm more, and I'm not saying that even funny. Like I. Was so depressed, so fatigued.
0: Wow. And
2: so I think, you know, when we're believers and we're called into counseling, there are times where there's some, you know, different facets to what God calls us to. And for me, being an imposter was going in trying to just be the clinician and not like work and operate in that fullness because I was like, no, like that's scary. Mm -hmm. Later in my career, um, as I was learning more about, you know, being able to help people navigate through. Um, spiritual oppression and things like that. I do splankna also. And so um, I was learning um, how to operate more, even more in those giftings. And I remember calling um, Colin Burnley, who I love. We love, they're going to be a guest soon. I, I, You're I hear want from him to him. come talk. Yeah, he's an applied kinesiologist and a chiropractor. He's amazing, but I'd had this client that was actively suicidal. And I called his wife actually, and I was like, I need Colin because I can't do this. And I need him to call me back. Like, I really believed I could not, I could not navigate it. Not the fact that there was um, some suicidal ideation. I didn't feel like I could navigate what looked like um, something spiritual that was happening in the room. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to muddy the waters. I can't do it. So I remember Colin being on the phone with me and he was like, yes, you can. Like, yes, you can do it. Like, I I don't, he's like, I can't even get to, you know, like, just go do it. And I remember being in that moment, realizing that in the same way that whenever I first started practicing, I'm trying to kind of keep God out of the room. Mm -hmm. I'm in this new spot where I'm believing that I can't do something that really God's called me into. And so I think there's duality, for me at least, in the way that imposter syndrome works that says, hey, uh, you're equipped for something you don't believe you're equipped for. Kind of like what you said. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. No, one I think for sure in that... There's this element of if you went into every situation where like, I got this, I'd be like, ooh. Yeah, I really don't like that either. No. Like that's kind of scary. So it's like there is an element that you need to have just a smidge. Keeps you humble. I agree. Keeps you connected. Keeps you Mm -hmm. grounded. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think – so it's interesting. I found an article that talked about different types of imposter syndrome. And I don't know about you, but even as a therapist, sometimes I read things and I'm like, me –
2: it oh me. for sure yeah it me i think i have that it me yes
0: oh gosh i remember when i took a <laughs> diagnosis class i would yes. go up every <laughs> i had like nine disorders yes. I, I would go up like... every week at the end of class and would be like dr taylor do i have this do you think i'm borderline dr taylor do you think i'm bipolar
2: mm-hmm. do you yes. think i have major depressive disorder <laughs> she'd be like circadian what, what is that one what is that called circadian rhythm yes i remember going and saying i think i have a circadian rhythm disorder and our professor said i think you're a college student yeah and i was like i don't understand he was like your sleep is disrupted because you're up all hours of the night studying preparing for class this is normal and i was like nope i'm pretty sure it's this
0: disorder no, it's so that's so funny. Just because it's like that's how you feel sometimes. So, reading this article it was just interesting. They like, and it's funny because a lot of people with imposter syndrome are super high achieving. So it's like, yeah, they don't get seen. Like, they don't get they don't get seen. That's my West. Virginia. We're from Texas. Well, West Virginia, Welcome, y'all. Texas coming out.
1: How's that sound, Cam? No, it sounds.
0: <laughs> don't edit that out. That's the realness. Not that that's out. the real They Don't get seen.
1: You didn't it didn't sound i know it very just it
0: sounded like that in my brain <laughs>
1: really bad
0: but they aren't they aren't recognized for that or no one would yeah. ever look at them and be like oh my gosh jessica's struggling Cam's yeah. struggling like they're struggling to feel like they are in the moment or equipped or qual- called or qualified or any of that like no mm-hmm. one ever sees that so wh- the first type that they talk about and um this is an article by melody Um, wielding, so I just want to give her credit because she's obviously um, done this. But the first one is the perfectionist, so Mm. the person that says, like, they if they don't do it perfectly, if they don't reach every goal, they immediately fail. So it's, um, I always tell clients that we need to install a dimmer switch for you because right now you just have on off.
2: Mm -hmm. Like it's
0: all or nothing. It's one or the other. It's good or it's bad. So it's like I think people that are perfectionists don't even understand the dimmer. It's Mm -hmm. like I either do it 100% perfectly or it's a fail.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that, you know, people who are struggling as perfectionists um, often don't understand the high level of correlation between perfectionism and shame. Oh, say it. So I'm carrying around all of this shame because I don't feel like I can achieve X goal. And something I am asking my clients a lot is how have we defined the goal? Because so often we've not well defined the goal so we don't feel like we're ever hitting goals because we're not actually you know creating those goals Mm -hmm. it's the the kind of this idyllic almost fantasy and so it's like oh i keep missing or i feel all the shame i feel all this guilt because i'm not arriving in this place that i want to arrive in when you're missing those markers of like but you did here's what you've actually done and it's like they don't take ownership to that a lot of times Mm -hmm. i'm a trauma clinician a lot of times that's trauma-based it's like i'm not gonna let that goodness in but i'm gonna hold on really tight Mm -hmm. to the places where the maybe the badness quote-unquote badness would live so
0: Mm. man that that's so good. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Um, You brought the heat last time, too. I remember you just been on a roll. But I also am thinking about this same lane that you're talking about is I think that I struggled personally for what perfectionism was wasn't even defined by me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was defined by my parents who I wanted to please who then, you know, there's so much like back behind mm-hmm. that that I could get into. But it's like I didn't even. OK, this is what perfect looks mm-hmm. like.
2: Programming. This is my programming. No, fr- that and it's it. not well-defined. It's just programming. And so it's like, mm-hmm. well, where did we get that idea? Mm-hmm. Why did we believe that? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just don't even know. Right. And so, again, carrying around all the shame, not yeah. well-defined goal, believing yeah. I should be doing X, but we don't really define X. Right.
0: Yeah. Programming. That's good. No, it's so, it's so interesting. Cameron, are you a perfectionist?
1: You know, my son is, when you said that part about shame, Ooh, wow.
0: Hit ya. Mm-hmm.
1: He's. First born, you know, first mm-hmm. usually like, you know, like, they want to get it. Mm-hmm. They want to get it right. So he once he achieves that everything he used, to, if he would lose, it wasn't good, mm-hmm. but he started to mature a little bit out of that. And, but when you said the shame part, it made it, all it did was just go mm-hmm. m- make me reverse everything and say, that's probably what he was, what he was feeling mm-hmm. because He wants to do it perfect. And I think he wants to do it perfect out of a fear of um, failing and disappointing Mm. parents, disappointing Mm -hmm. us. And I don't know how many times we said, listen, don't perform. Don't perform for me. Don't do it for me. You know? Mm -hmm. So I just started to notice that. Mm. But when you said it's based, it could be based in shame. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh. So, anyway. Mm. Well, and it's probably not shame.
0: I mean, I know you and Kendra, and I know you as parents. I mean, I've seen you parent, and Mm -hmm. I know that you're not – you're so chill. Like, so chill. But I do think there still could be a shame narrative coming from somewhere else or something else, Mm -hmm. or I don't want to be like X, Y, and Z. And I think just as parents, just FYI, if if you're a parent listening or we're parents, all of us Mm -hmm. in here, but Mm -hmm. it's like – um the ability to ask yourself that question did i do oh, something yes. did was it me did i put oh. that pressure on him <laughs> like i can't tell you the number of parents that don't ask that agreed it is mm. sad the number mm. of parents that don't ask that who aren't even willing to say to themselves, "Could I possibly be?" I mean, my favorite mm-hmm. is when the mom comes in and she's like, "Okay, I need you to fix Johnny. Johnny's really having problems. Johnny's," a- <laughs> da, 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 da. I had like, that okay, this morning. Da, da, da. I had it this morning. And you literally are like, "Oh my gosh, my <laughs> blood pressure just went up from looking at you." <laughs> like, I can only imagine what it's like to live in a home with you and or being being raised mm, by you. Yeah. And Johnny comes in and he's literally like, "I got nothing." So yeah, like, yeah,
2: you got nothing because literally, yeah, yeah, uh, help. Like, yeah, I just want to sit in this peaceful place yeah, with you. That's he what does, Johnny they wants. do. He's Johnny like, does. All. Johnny will
0: have a seat and y'all, be
1: like, oh, y'all are son. so funny. I that that has happened like twice this week, mm-hmm. once this morning. It's, I'm like, mom, it's kind of you, you know. Did <laughs> you say that?
0: I didn't say it's it. So hard to say it to those moms. I
1: said it in uh, a roundabout way mm-hmm. because. I want them to come back.
0: That's right. <laughs> I feel like I can help Johnny more. No, I'm always right. like The way I tell my supervisees, I'm like apple tree. Like that's just the only thing <laughs> I'll say. The apple does not fall far from the tree. And most of the time, the kid isn't like it's shame based parenting. It's shame-based. like that mom. Mm-hmm. Mom is calm when dot dot dot. So and I
1: care for the mom too. Yeah. Like this morning, like uh, you know, usually what happens is a a, par- a, a parent is bringing in their kid and then we do like a buffer so that they'll sit and with their kid mm-hmm. and then they'll leave but it was so good i'm not trying to pat myself on the back do it. but the mom stayed oh
0: good and
1: she got see counseled
0: mm-hmm. in Whoop. the well,
1: in the process a little
0: overflow so
1: oh yeah no no I'm it was so proud. it was total overflow I, and i'm not patting myself on the back but really
0: yeah jessica's patting yeah, thank you you, there you, you can pat yourself on the back you're, uh, you're not an imposter
1: i'm not an imposter you're
0: not you know how to i have
1: something to, i have something to yes, offer you do and uh but what you're saying i just i just saw it this morning wow. and uh it was it's very it's very interesting so if you anyway. have
0: anxious mothers that you know it's uh, <laughs> you can send them to cam they're not my favorite
1: <laughs> come on
0: i think cam would be most happy to I help will them. Be. Um, I d- you know being a pastor being <laughs> know, a pastor people said
1: fix my kid and yeah. i'm like Ugh. what what it came down to is I need to fix you.
0: Yeah. Well, and I've learned that um, I've not yet to find the Texas ethical code that says we can shake our clients. We cannot until I do. Then I don't know if I can see these mothers because sometimes <laughs> that so now funny. that I've been practicing a hot minute, I literally just want to reach across the room and be like, "What are you doing?" You know, I point. do
2: feel like that's a good point when you're talking about <laughs> imposter syndrome. Part of coming out of being an imposter is learning what you do well and what you don't. Yeah, I don't do addictions. I don't do it well because it's the same feeling. I'm like. Could I hit you now? Would that be therapeutically <laughs> beneficial if I – Why did you do that again? That's all I feel. Hashtag
0: not ethical. I Hashtag do we don't do that this. at
2: all. But like I am, I'm like I don't I even know so the questions it. to ask you because I'm just so angry in this yes. moment. And I'm like yeah. – I think I'm parenting, not counseling. Yep. So we've got to find someone else for you. I think as you come out of imposter syndrome, though, you do notice that yeah. here's my actual, real skill set, and yeah. here's some areas where really I am not skilled as a clinician. So perhaps those clients yeah. need to be referred to someone who's better equipped for that purpose. Yes. It's, no, <laughs> no, but that's
0: really true. That's true. That's true. It's true but I can't
1: this. do trauma. I can't do trauma. So
0: you refer to so Jess for trauma, and I refer all to for you, for you for the for, moms, yeah. the anxious moms, can all
2: come to camp. I end
1: up taking that trauma. I end up putting myself in that position. Oh, we can
2: talk more about that Uh, when we do compassion fatigue. Okay, we will. Remember that. We're ready. Yeah, noting. So what else, Cass? Okay, so the perfectionist.
0: So, like, sometimes you'll ask yourself, like, you'll get questions like this. So here's some questions that they say is, like, have you ever been accused of being a micromanager? Mm. Do you have a hard time delegating? Oh, shout out. Um, (sighs) When you miss a mark on something, do you accuse yourself of not even being called? So, like... You know, I'll see students sometimes who will get a B and they're like, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The expectation that you should wow. um, And then everything should be 100% perfect all the time. 100% of the time. Okay. The second one so the perfectionist. Second one is superwoman, superman. Hmm. So you're convinced that you're phonies amongst real deal people. So they work harder and harder hmm. to measure up. Um, so it's really a false cover up for their insecurities yikes so it harms them their relationships their mental health so it's like dun dun da -da. Mm -hmm. I have to be a superhero Mm. rescuer rescuer interesting yeah the questions for that one are do you stay late even like past the point where you would really complete what you need to do do you get stressed when you're not working and um, find downtime wasteful oh ouch that one Mm. see some of these I just could make all of them apply to me see sometimes I've gotten much better at this. Have you left your hobbies and passions fall by the wayside, or do you feel like you haven't truly earned your title despite degrees, achievements? So you want to work harder and longer to prove your worth?
2: Mm. So a clinical term would be the overfunctioner, right? Yeah, the person who overfunctions, and they're at risk for depression. Yeah, where the first one is at risk, you know, to carry around buckets of shame. This one's at more risk to carry around bucket loads of depression. Let's see. Right. Because when you're over-functioning, you're not checking in with self and saying like, mm-hmm. you know, what's whole and authentic for me? Where are my whole and authentic yeses? Rather, we're functioning from that place of saying, you know, I'm obligated and so I'll do blank. Or yeah. I'm trying to measure up with my, you know, these peers or these friends or, or mm-hmm. whomever's around me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call myself to over-function. So I'm never going to say no because I might miss um, yeah. an opportunity if I'm saying no and taking care of myself, my family, my own needs.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Wow. So they say, yeah, I know literally she just drops the mic on us these last few episodes it's You're yeah, being ridiculous no it's really good but you know what it's good i i love how you're bringing that to this cuz this is a secular article secular concept mm-hmm. so to say but you're highlighting the actual roots because mm-hmm. we could get people to work less. We could get people sure. to find a hobby. We could get people to take a rest. But the reality is if you don't deal with that motivating factor, i.e. shame, mm-hmm. i.e. depression, i.e. valid need for validation, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You could take all the retreats, change yeah. your schedule, change your career. That's
2: going to drive you no matter where you go. Yeah. What's driving over function? If we know that, mm-hmm. right, then, you know, the behavior changes, so, I, th- I mean, I just think that that's powerful. I yeah. like the way that this particular um, author worded it, though. No, it's good.
0: It says, says, um, no one should have more power to make you feel good about yourself than you, even your boss. Hmm. Which I'm like, yeah, that's good. All right, the next one is, so you got the perfectionist. You got the superman or woman. You got the natural genius. So, hmm. um they just need to be a natural genius. They judge their competence based on ease and speed rather than effort. So, like, I, this just comes naturally to me kind of vibe. Um, if they take longer to master something, they feel shame. Mm. Um, they set their internal bar impossibly high, like perfectionists, but they don't judge themselves based on the expectations. They also judge themselves on getting things right the first try. Mm. Yikes. Mm. What are you going to say about that, Cam?
1: What's the difference between... Wait, you go back to the...
0: The perfection... Or the superwoman? superwoman? The
1: superwoman. That's that's what Super we're talking Woman. about,
0: right? No, superwoman, superman. They go, 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 like will work themselves to the bone because mm-hmm. they feel like they have to prove something. The natural genius expects themselves to just have... Um, Knowledge and skill in all areas, yeah. ready-made to access.
1: And the bar is... Yeah.
0: Like, it's like, I should be able to... I remember, the, like, I play pickleball. Shout out to all my pickleball players.
1: Y'all, she is the queen
0: <laughs> I am not. You've never ball. seen me play.
1: I've never seen you play. You know
0: what? I'm taking my supervisees on Monday, which is going to be funny. But
1: you are like... I love like, it. Like every every time I see a text come through to Kendra, it's like, "Hey,
2: can no. you do No, oh ball? yeah, what's her? I play with him. Yeah, asked White. me so many times. Oh my times, gosh! Told her she couldn't pay me millions it's of so, dollars <laughs> to go out there and try to play.
0: It's
1: so fun. Lesson. Well, in.
0: but I remember the first time I played it, and I was so mad at myself. I was like, "Why well, don't I know how to do this? I, oh. sh- I should know how to do this." And it's like now that I'm playing it, and I have a coach, and I'm like taking lessons. <laughs> I'm like, that's insane. Like, she's teaching me things every week. I'm like, how in the world would I know how to hold my paddle or to turn my paddle this way or to to hit this way or do that that way? It's like, but the expectation, where does that come from? Where does that come from that people think they should just be born that way? Trauma.
1: Trauma? What trauma. if they just want to be really good?
2: It's all forever, always drama. Oh, that's right. Oh,
1: that's right. You are the trauma. Person. Like, why?
2: Why? You know, why would we have this need to, um, you know, be super <clears throat> smart in that way? Like, what would drive that? It makes me think of, you know, um, it doesn't make me think of like overbearing um, parents that set really mm-hmm. high bars that mm-hmm. kind of have these demands that that can be emotional trauma, like. It can come from a place of feeling like, you know, from sibling rivalry, like that small T trauma, but still can be trauma. You know I mean, what? It's all trauma. Oh lord, sorry, guys. I don't
1: want to agree trauma. with you on this one, but no. I'm agreeing. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna give you an example. Um, LeBron James. Um, I heard a story about him growing up, and that his dad wasn't around, and part of him. Wanting to be really good at basketball mm. is just to kind of be to bring him in, right? To to bring him in to win back acceptance of his dad, to to push, mm. and a lot of guys that are like that. A lot of athletes that don't have fathers
2: mm. oh. because
1: of the trauma, they push themselves to mm-hmm. be something. It's not it's not bad, yeah, but I do see the trauma. I yeah. was in that same boat, you know, my dad mm. he was kind of out of the picture. Mm. Great man of God, loves God, but just really couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get it completely together. So, out of a tr- traumatic moment, I was like, I'm going to be I'm going to I'm going to be something for him. Mm. Not for you. Not mm. for me. It was for him. I was going to do it for him. So you're right. Well, It is out of trauma that people will perform.
2: I mean, that would be why it's not an authentic version of self, why well, we feel still like yeah. we're an imposter. Yeah. So like with the perfectionist, that's an internal battle that nobody might, possibly nobody would ever even know. And then with Superman or Superwoman... You know, they're they're over functioning in this way where people may or may not recognize it, but that's behavioral based. Like, I'm going to do these certain, you know, works. Yeah, I'm going to do do these Mm -hmm. things. And then that will produce acceptance in my life. And then with the genius, it feels like to me that's more um, kind of a mental battle of like, I'm going to prove my worthiness through this ability to kind of know all Mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that can hit in a myriad of places that could be internal. It could also, you know, uh, impact social relationships and things like that. But like, like the, that genius aspect, um, I think a lot of times can create, um, can be based in those real feelings of self-worthlessness. Mm. Like I don't feel worthy, right? And so Mm-mm. in each of these three, it's like that authentic version of self isn't present because we don't have, maybe, perhaps we don't have enough conditioned self-awareness to say, this is really how I feel about myself. Let me go work on that because mm-hmm. I want these things. I want, I mean, I don't think there's anybody that's like, I don't want to feel smart. I don't want to feel strong. Most people want yeah. to feel those oh, things. Yeah. It's like, how do we authentically um, create that in our lives? It's by healing. Yeah. We have to heal. And then, then yeah. we have a, a true version of self that comes. No, it's so. good.
0: Okay, Cam. So I'm yeah. going to ask you a question ask that it. you can't answer. You have to wait to answer Cause we're going to finish this real fast. Okay. So who did you become a counselor for? Okay, we're moving on. She's so mean. I know. That is. That's I know. Sorry, I'm just gonna let you answer. Um, but real quick, Andrew. <laughs> everyone wants to be my client now. When they're like, oh no, um, the the genius one. So this is like the person who always got gold stars, straight A's. Sure. They do things easily. They were told frequently as a kid that you were the smart one. Like mm-hmm. so, you have to think about that. Um, okay, the the next one is the soloist. So you have to do it by myself. Asking for help oh, makes me weak. Um, you know, I don't need anybody's help. You, um, you'd rather like say it, and this is I don't like that. It's I don't like it either. I know it makes you get bulging. hives. You getting hives with I feel it. it. Okay. Because yeah, it's like asking for help. What does that equal? What does that mean?
2: It means I'm helpless. Mm-hmm. I don't like how that feels. So I don't want to do that. I identify with that a great deal. Yeah. I'll do it all myself and it'll all be fine. Um, I know what that comes out of and it'll be right. And I know exactly what that comes out of because I've struggled with this. It comes from rejection.
0: Look at her bringing it. Go ahead. Go, girl. So if you've
2: experienced a lot of rejection, you begin to you know tailor your life in a way that says, I don't need anybody. And even, Cass knows this, because I've called her bawling on the phone before, believing I don't deserve good relationships, Mm -hmm. because people have hurt me before. So whenever good things are coming into my own life, when good relationships are coming into my own life, because she knows, she said, well, I've been in the bathtub sobbing to her. Like... Is this real? Do you really love Why do you really love me? Like what is that? Mm-hmm. Because I have believed and created a very safe little cocoon that I live in, yeah. right? That says I can just do this all by myself. I don't need anyone because that reduces my risk. And all of these things really are about reducing risk. They are. By the way. Oh. It's like when we self risk. Self-preservation. Right?
0: Yeah.
2: Is it's not really
0: one. what mm. Oh, I know. That makes sense though. That makes sense. <sighs> like, like and shit. I'll have friends like close friends like Jess or other people who will be like, mm. "Are you asking for help?" Mm. I'm like, "Why you got shh, 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 Don't say that. Don't say that. It's like, but this literally like they'll call me out. They'll be like, so you're asking me you need help right now. No, no, I'm just saying that my child will not be picked up from school tomorrow. (laughs) And you are free. (laughs) So maybe you're telling me you could go to her school and just happen to be in the pickup line. (laughs) Like that's how I would ask it. All to say, I don't need help. Yes. Okay, the last one is the expert. This is um, experts measure their competence based on what and how much they know or can do. So they believe they never know enough. So they're always learning, 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 going, 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 doing, doing, doing more, 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 more. So um, Mm -hmm. people just feel like they don't know enough. They they shudder almost when people say they're an expert because they feel like there's so much more for them to learn. Um, Hmm.
1: Hmm.
2: That one's interesting. I don't know. What do you think that connects to?
0: I think that could also insecurity or inadequacy like because it's like if if I can put nobody can get ahead of me. Hmm. Nobody can know more than me. Nobody can. No one's going to show me up. Hmm. It's kind of what I see. It's like I will be the expert or if I'm not I'm still going to be striving to be so you can't shoot holes in anything I'm doing. I'm not the expert at therapy. Yeah me either. Plain and simple. Like. Mm. I love teaching it, but mm. there are people researching it mm. and diving into books and writing books and like doing Brene. clinicals. Hi, oh, Brene. Brene, Brene Hi. is the expert. Brene. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't give Brene a little hello. Um, But literally, like, it's like there's people who are doing it. Like, I can't even hold a candle to somebody like her Mm -hmm. in her research of vulnerability and emotion. But it's the fact of, like, I'm still doing me. Like, I don't have to be her because that would disqualify me. Oh, well, I'm out. I don't Mm -hmm. like it. I don't like research. I don't like. I mean, I'll do it, but I don't like Learning—that's not one of my top strengths. Mm. I like school, but I don't love to be like, give me eighteen books, and I'm going to surround myself and spend all Sunday afternoon like looking up a topic.
2: That's really funny, considering we're recording in Cass's office today, and there's literally like four hundred books in the room. But all right, I'll go with that. I (laughs) like—I
0: like a book every now
2: and then. I'm not trying to like
1: one, two, three, four. Nineteen degrees on the wall, but okay, (laughs) it's fine.
0: It's fine. fine. We'll go with that. Cass, you're the boss. (laughs) Not the most No, but you know you know the people though. You know the people that are like, Oh wait, let me tell you one more thing. Wait, what let me give you one more fact. Oh let me and it's like you oh, almost yeah. put it out there in front of you so far. Like I had students like this who'll be like, Well, do you know about da, da da da? And I'm like, Actually I don't And I'm like, That's okay. That's not my research interest. Tell me, what do you know? What'd you find? Send it to me. <laughs> like I'm like, go. You go on with your bad self because I'm not trying to be
2: I'm not Google. <laughs>
1: Oh, I Guinness. never I <laughs> never said I am. I'm, I'm shh, <laughs> shh, shh. Um, I never said, hey, do you know about this new thing to her?
0: <laughs> People have said it. It's funny. But I ain't mad. Go ahead. Okay, mm-hmm. Cam. Oh my. Answer gosh. us your question. But the, I'm the, sorry she said so mean to you, Cam. The listeners want to know. I know, I feel like this is a God question for you. Why? Who mm-hmm. who did you go into counseling for?
1: Um for other people.
0: Like for the clients?
1: Yes. That is the truth. That is the... Are you yeah. Is no, there something look- behind that?
0: He's looking at me because you can't see this Only right now. He's you. like looking at me like for the answer. I'm like, I ain't your professor in life. Just oh, in school. No. So you got to tell me.
1: No. Uh, it's for other people. Okay. Uh, where's that stem from? It stems from a... Uh, <laughs> see... She has done this to me in class. Okay, so I have always wanted to be (laughs) a superhero. Mm. I'm really attracted to like all the new Marvel movies that Mm -hmm. are out. I love all that stuff. For one reason, they save people. They sacrifice their life to save people.
2: Mm.
1: It's a picture of Jesus, of course. And And
0: maybe... Little Cam who wanted to be saved, but no one came.
1: Mm. See, look look here, people. Mm. You stop it. Stop it.
0: can't help it. How did you do a whole year without the Lord in the therapy room? Because literally. Not well. That's how I, that's just stuff that comes to me. Who asked these questions? I wouldn't ask this question.
2: The hardest cases. And I was like, well, I'm failing at life and we've spent a lot of money on a degree that I'm not going to be able to use for very long because this is horrible. (laughs) It was horrible. now you love it. I love it. Literally, she loves it. I love it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I wanted to be a superhero. I wanted to be somebody. You are a
1: superhero. Yeah, and and people, you should see people's faces. Like I, people's faces. I'm like, yep, that is why I did it. The light up, the mom today, this morning, her face, like, oh my gosh, yes. Mm. Mm. Or to see a kid hear something yeah. he's already heard, yeah. and the hear. This is this, it was for here to uh, follow up of something he knows, and I said it. You should see the faces Mm. in that room. That's why I did it. So I wanted to be a hero.
0: That's not bad, Cam, because that's you taking your story Mm -hmm. and you're redeeming parts and you're saying, This is what Mm. I didn't get. This is what I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I'm going to provide it to people who don't get it and Mm -hmm. don't have it. Stop
1: it. Okay. Mm. Moving on.
2: Well, what about you, (laughs) Cass? Who did you become a counselor for?
0: Honestly, I think in the beginning, I became a counselor to heal myself. Yeah. Which a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. Um, I was called for sure. But like, I just experienced a lot of trauma. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, let me figure this out. Mm -hmm. And I just think I came alive. Like I, in my bones, like when I teach counseling, I'm on like electric. Some, not all the time, but a lot of days, like, it's like I'm electric and when I'm in good sessions, Mm. it's electric. Like, it's like, like adrenaline to my guts, like where Mm. I'm like, let's go. And so that's, you can't deny that when you get to do that on the day. Yeah. What about you? I love that. Uh,
2: some of what drove me was definitely trauma in my history, as I have grown as a counselor, I think I've seen more and more the impact and the weight of spiritual abuse mm-hmm. and how spiritual abuse growing up in a really charismatic evangelical um, family, I think I realized that from a really young age that there was really no one talking about things that were hard and, and I don't really know how I knew that I just I, I think I felt the weight of that from a very young age. Mm-hmm. And I have a heart for helping people um, out of spiritually abusive situations. Even now, mm-hmm. um, at the beginning, I would say I felt very um, oppositional towards pastors because I felt like they came every week and right they they said, "Here is how you live your life, and this is what we were supposed to do." Thus says the Lord. Right. And then when really hard things started happening in my own life in my 20s, and I would go and seek pastoral support, they were kind of like, We don't know what you should do. We don't mm. know how to help. And I'm like, Y'all are, y'all have all lied to me then because mm-hmm. what is there's no other anchor point that I have. Yeah. They, you know, they taught that counseling um, really was witchcraft, quite honestly. That's what I was raised under. Send help. And so, like, You know, fast forward now and I look back on it. um, I just had a session the other day where I was working with a a pastor. And one of the things I said to him, I said, you know, the hardest, um, the hardest places for a counselor to connect in our communities, it's not hard. I mean, maybe some of you counselors have experienced this and I'm sorry if you have, but it's not hard to get in connection um, with lawyers. It's not hard to get in connections with doctors. It's not hard to get in connections with, I'm in a birth community. So with people in the birth community, it's really difficult to get pastors to sit down with you still to this day in 2023, I still Mm. send out information and say, we want to connect with you and talk to you about how we can serve your church body if you need help or serve your pastors or your staff. And crickets, man, nobody will reply back to us. Oh, wow. And I'm like... You know, what happens in our culture? You can talk about imposter syndrome. What happens oh. in our culture when we begin to add in the mental health element to spirituality? What, what changes when we realize that there should be a partnership? Part of this podcast is about, yeah. you know, connecting those elements yeah. and practicing really ethically, but also connecting in the clinical and the spiritual. And, you know, you think about how many people are struggling with depression and grief and long-term rejection that they don't know how to heal and, you know, all these things that we're talking about today. And I mean, I would just say that like, if there were more bridges built between mental health and religion, yeah. I think that we would see a really huge breakthrough in terms of people being able to function as their authentic wow. self,
0: spiritually, you know? emotionally, bite. Yeah. That's so good. No, it's true. You know what? Story? You know what hit me, and we—I know we have to go, but I—what hit me when you were saying that is, I think it's the own insecurity and the inability for oh, the for pastor sure. to feel like an imposter. Oh, of like yeah. I have to deal with my trauma. My I have wounds, to be an My mm-hmm. thing, yeah. yeah. And it's like and no, you oh. and the overfunctioner. And yeah. guess what? You just really need to deal with the junk in your trunk, yeah. And then you'll be a phenomenal yeah. leader yeah. in the church. That's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah, that's
2: really true. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, man, we just get to talk about cool things. Yeah, we do. I love it. I love it, too. Well, stay tuned. Um, You can follow us on Instagram, Diary of a Therapist Podcast. Um, You can email us any questions that you have because, you know, we always love to answer your questions. My dream is to be Frasier, remember. So (sighs) send me your questions. Send (laughs) Jess your questions. Send Cam your questions. If you have questions, Diary of a Therapist Podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, so we'll see you next time.